Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Conway Edwards, the lead pastor of One Community Church. We're extremely grateful to have you join us today as we discuss how we can expand our leadership capacity in our homes, in our workplaces, and in our churches. Now let's tune in to today's episode. We're thrilled to have you joining us today for our podcast, and we're excited to have a special guest with us today, all the way from Maryland. He's Pastor Keith Battle from Zion Church, a multi-campus church, and we're pumped and excited to have you with us as we jump in. This semester, we're talking about the future church, topics that impact future growth in the church and making a difference in tomorrow. So today, we're going to dive right in, and we're going to talk about uh, a podcast that was recently released by Kerry Newhoff, in which he talked about seven things that are going to drive future growth in the church. And this is so important because all the statistics today are showing that church attendance is down. Mm -hmm. And what he means by that and what we mean when we talk about that is the fact that someone used to say if they went to your church three, four times a month that that's my church. Mm. Now all of a sudden if someone attends your church once or twice a month, they're saying that's my church. So the Mm. average attendance is going down. Mm -hmm. So what we're looking at and talking about today is how do we drive in the future when a church attendance is going down, how do we drive engagement? So I want to read through these seven things that he mentioned, and I want to see what that looks like in our church, in diverse churches, how these will impact us. So he talks about these seven. Number one is personal invitation. Um, the fact that we have to be excited about what we're doing and who we're inviting and what we're a part of. Number two is refusing to settle for mediocrity, not just being okay with just getting by in church. It's no mm. longer good enough. Number three, having an open door online and a great in-house experience. Mm-hmm. Number four is engaging with genuine community, a place where people can genuinely come together and build relationships, be authentic. Number five is deep engagement. No longer are we measuring attendance, but now we're measuring how well people are engaged Mm -hmm. in church. Number six is clarity, clarity in our purpose and in our focus. And number seven is risk and experimentation. How how are we going to be not scared to risk so that we won't be blockbuster? so that we can be like Netflix, so that we can look into the future and take a chance and not be scared. Mm. So as I talk through these seven, I wanted to ask you, which one of these do you think is the biggest defining factor? Which one of these do you guys think, as we look at diverse churches, which one jumps out to you that's going to make an impact in diverse churches? Pastor Keith, you want to go first? Well, sir, thanks for having me, guys. Um, The first thing I thought while you're reading that is how people claim membership of a church that they're disengaged with. Right. And I wrote down, I just said, people who invest the least in the church expect the most, the most from the church. <laughs> then the ones say, I want you to bury my grandmama and, yeah. and marry my daughter. And, baptize. So it's, it's and then they mad if you don't. Exactly. That's my church. That's, that's right. my church. They that's don't give, they don't show up, but that's their church. And you see them in the street, they say, oh, you, you my pastor. You my pastor, yeah. yeah so that, that, that loose connection is, is, is amazing. But which one uh, I guess, I guess, from 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 my vantage point, I think I can't even distinguish which one jumps out of me. But all of them are are so critical to it, to driving it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. For, for, for me, I think the the deep engagement is just huge. I think mm-hmm. in diverse churches, 
we, we tend to be still driven by, come listen to me preach. We tend to be listen, driven by, just come to church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I think the more we can engage people between Monday and Saturday, the healthier the church is and the more they feel a part of the body. So mm-hmm. I would argue that deep engagement is right on the money. How do, you, how do you get people involved in volunteerism? How do you get people involved in community groups, life groups, whatever you want to call it? How do you get people involved in the life of of, of, of the church outside of Sunday morning. And I think the yeah. more you do that, the healthier over time the church becomes. I think I, think I, I definitely agree with that because each one of these is so we can see, have conversation about each one. Absolutely. Like, I think there's a problem with being willing to take risk yeah. and experiment with yeah. things. Like, let's yeah. try something. Yeah. Let's just try that. Let's, you know, because even what we would consider contemporary in uh-huh. church can become traditional over after a while. Like our, we always start the same way. We oh. start with praise and worship. We start with fast and we get slow. <laughs> then we set it up for the message. And like, what if we just flipped it? What if we came in and we preached from the back? <laughs> we just stood in the back and the sermon was back here. And then we did it all in reverse. Yeah. And we ended with praise. I mean, just like, like I, I just think, I, I think we can get in a rut and not be aware of it. Absolutely. And then, and then like losing creativity. Yeah. I think, you know, we don't want to be so predictable. Yeah. Even though people need some level of consistency. consistency. Like, we're not going to be, you know, doing something crazy, mm-hmm. but we need to do something that's... Because that, at the end of the day, we're basically saying the same thing over and over again. God yeah. loves you. He's got yeah. a plan for yeah. you. He, he wants you to live holy. And yeah. it, but, you know, we want to say that the same... Every th- time. There's a lot of ways we can say that. So I think I think the challenge of being willing to take risk and experiment. Mm-hmm. Mark Battison always says it's just an experiment. That's like, it. And if it's just an experiment, we're, we're not even guaranteeing it's going to work. That's right. So let me we're ask you this question. When, when we get into a rut, all of a sudden it's like we make the things that we get used to doing, we make those things sacred. Mm. When that was not ever the sacred thing, that's just mm-hmm. a method to get to the point. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and then we get scared to tear down what we've made up as sacred. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that look like to, to take a risk? <laughs> what does that look like in a church to say, you know what, I, w- I want to try something new, but, you know, everybody's got how the chairs should be and how the rows should be and where their seat is and what ministry it is. What does it look like in the future to, to have a church that's, that's open mm-hmm. to take a risk? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so is there any more sacred cow in the church than the preaching moment? Mama. You know, it's like. The, that's it. I, I know pastors who told me that the reason why their podium is, like, I, when I started preaching, I used to use a music stand. Yeah. And I would put my Bible up on a music stand. And my mentor says, don't do that. And he, he, says, he says, the power of your church is the pulpit. So he always has had a big podium. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a statement. <laughs> it's like, it's one of those things that, that, that he stands inside of. That's it. right. That's like, right. You know what I mean? Right. It's got the, the Bible on it. It's across a big logo. Like, and I'm like. And so, like, what what about what about um, just removing that space, removing that thing? Yeah. Like, and so you get past that. But what about what about removing the fact that it's a monologue and that I'm the only one that has anything to say on this subject? What if what if what if some people come to church and they have questions? 
Yeah. Or they want to have a conversation. Yeah. Like, well, well, not only that, I think that a lot of people, because they don't trust authority anymore, mm. when they see that massive pulpit, mm. they're like, I don't know that I can trust you. And because yeah. of the, the history of churches, a lot of, a lot of communicators can't be trusted anymore. Wow. And so just removing that says, I'm no longer the sage on the stage. I'm now a guide by your side. And yeah. I think that's just healthy yeah. for, us to, for us to bring it down to the bottom level and say, hey, I'm just like you. We're just trying to follow Jesus. I might have an area of strength in, but there are areas that you have that you're stronger than I am. And let's just do this thing together. Yeah. And I think that's authentic. And so I think how this do we get there, like, though? Because right. you, like me, we, come out of, we, we all come out of some historic church right. background. Right. I was told, Don't as I was that. praying, when you stand behind the sacred desk. Yes. That was a part of the, yes. the narrative yes. for preaching. There was a space. Yeah. And, you, and nobody else was allowed in that space. Right. Now it's just, it's just everybody's out there. <laughs> everybody talks. Like, like the, in the church I grew up in, the ladies couldn't even go there. If, you had a, if a lady had to say something, she had to On go somewhere else. Yes. So, yeah. so, like, it's interesting. That but let's go beyond that and remember the history of the church. Remember, yeah. in the history of the church, the, 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 the pulpit wasn't even the center. The yeah. center was, was the cross, and you couldn't stand in the center. You wow. had to be on the side, wow. and you had to be small, and the ceilings were high yeah. because of the, the, the majestic nature of who God is. Yeah. Then we transitioned to, no, the preaching is the most important wow. thing. And, and so now I think it's another move in our culture where now we're saying we're all priests, yeah. Now, how do we right. together uh, worship God, yet simultaneously knowing that we have to honor the minister as well as, more importantly, the Word of God? Wow. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that's huge. I do. Mm. Cool, dude. Well, Matt, let's wow. jump into some of the ones that we think, uh, the things that will drive the future church uh, from a diverse perspective. What are some of the, what are, what are the top seven? Pastor, Pastor Keith is one of the most creative guys I know right. uh, in, the, in the African-American context. Yeah, that's, so still all your stuff, man. The, that's, that's, listen, that's man. All your stuff. <laughs> but I've confessed it. Yeah, you have. Every time, that's every time, I mean. every time. If a criminal comes to your house, he takes your stuff and he tells you, yeah. that was me, you got to go gracious with him. Man. You do, <laughs> you do. You do. <laughs> so tell us a little bit, uh, Pastor Matt, why don't you start us off? Give us seven things that a uh, communicator, a diverse pastor out there, whether from the Hispanic community, the Indian community, the African-American community. Well, mm-hmm. What are some of the things that we need to look forward to that will drive the future diverse church? I think one of the first things to talk about is the fact um, that your, your church has to be cause-driven. Right mm-hmm. now, this new generation mm-hmm. is a generation of young people that get behind causes, they get behind movements, they want to be a mm-hmm. part of making change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think the first thing to talk about is what does that look like in church? Why is that important for us to be a part of a cause-driven ministry, a cause-driven movement? Yeah. How do we create that? Well, I think, I think there's something that drives the, the primary leader of any ministry. Yeah. Like what, what, what bothers you? What, mm-hmm. what disturbs you? And we've got to know what the cause is. We just can't just follow the next thing, right? Because right. you, you, you've got to have enough emotional energy, leadership energy, resource energy going in that direction. So it's got to matter to the leader. That's good. And every leader doesn't feel the same way about the same cause. Absolutely. So what, 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 what may be your cause may be the lack of leadership development yeah. or the lack of Big time. You know, uh, engagement in culture. Mine yeah. might be, you know, it may be something in the social justice space yeah. like... 
around returning citizens or mm -hmm. for another guy. You got to find out what your thing is that bothers you and burdens you because there's so many needs. And I think that's one of the big, big things is that people want to follow a cause, but they need to know that we're addressing a need yes. in the community, yeah. that the church is not just here to consume. We're here to contribute and to make a difference. Mm -hmm. So because a lot of people look at the church as just a place that takes from me, mm -hmm. right? They want my money. They mm -hmm. want my time. They mm -hmm. want my gifts. They want my talents. They want me to volunteer. And some people do have that mentality about the church yeah. and that the only person that's benefiting is the preacher right. or the pastor. Mm -hmm. But no, we're actually intentionally engaging in meeting needs. Yeah. And I think that's got to be connected to the cause. And, and what needs have we, what needs have been presented to us right. that we really resonate with? Because yeah. you can't address everything. Yeah. No matter yeah. how big your church is, right. you don't want to be so Absolutely. divided that we're trying to fix yeah. every problem. But you do some really creative things with, with uh, social justice, with um, the re-engagement of prisoners coming, people who have been incarcerated coming out. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that, because I think that's a, a pretty unique cause that you have at Zion Church. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, so you know, some people call them ex-offenders, yeah. but, you know, the more a contemporary way of identifying them is returning citizens. Perfect. And they, they deserve that kind of humanness about yes. them and how they're identified. And one of the things that, that they lack is... Um, even their identification mm -hmm. and how, how to get their driver's license again mm -hmm. and, and getting opportunities and getting skills training mm -hmm. and development, mm -hmm. housing. Yeah. Many of them have shattered relationships because of their behavior and yeah. their choices and people don't trust them. But sometimes, listen, some of our greatest leaders have been in jail Absolutely. and came out and been transformed. <laughs> yes. Some of the books, a lot of our New Testament that we teach and preach from <laughs> was written from jail. Yes, Not was. that he was, you know, right. reckless. So we believe that those people have been redeemed and have an opportunity to be transformed yeah. and have learned from their mistakes. So we have a ministry that's set up to help develop them. It's not it's very popular. It's yeah. really in the trenches, mm -hmm. um, but, but it's necessary. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and I think that's an important piece that we try to provide. And, and an, another part of it is, is trying to help them with legal, legal support. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of them are, are, you know, a lot of guys get in a situation and they take plea bargains for crimes they didn't commit yeah. because they're intimidated in interrogation and says, you're going to jail the rest of your life. Yeah. So you might as well just say you did it because, you, you know, you can't afford. And, 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 and they're intimidated into, yeah. into making confessions that are not even legitimate. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a real, you know, our criminal justice system is not always fair. Right. And, and, it, and if you don't have money, and you don't have representation, then you're just vulnerable. You are. And, I, and, that, and that, that, that disturbs me, yeah. you know. That's good. That, that's not everybody's thing. That's right. Right? That's right. But w one of the reasons we got into it is because we started doing a, a prison ministry. Mm -hmm. And it got, it got really engaged. And we, now we have like four or five services a week inside of the jail in D.C. Mm -hmm. And you don't get that engaged and not get aware of what's going on. <laughs> and then these guys get out and they say, well, I, didn't, I need help now. Right. Like, whoa, we didn't know what we were getting into. Yeah. No, that's it's, good. It's, it that's gets good. involved. Yeah. That's good. Uh, Pastor Matt, at, at our church, we do two big things, cause-driven. One is our 180 ministry. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? We do that through your campus. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about just how we try to address this, this issue of fatherness, fatherlessness in our community? It's huge in our community. It's huge across our country. And we started this 180 ministry last year, and the primary goal is turning around a fatherless generation. Mm -hmm. wow. So we raised up a huge team of individuals who were passionate 
about mentoring young men, middle school age, that don't have dads present in their life. Mm. And we're not trying to be their dads, but what we're trying to do is help point them to their heavenly father who That's loves good. them. Good. So we, we went through a rigorous, about three or four months process of training, developing, and really more than anything, for the people who wanted to be in this ministry, make sure you were in it for the long haul. Mm. Yeah. Because the last thing we need is people who jump in and then jump right back out. That's exactly yeah. right. Because these young men have seen that already in their Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Exactly right. So yeah, we, we've, done, we've done real skill things. So we do this every week on a Thursday night where um, single moms come drop their kiddos off. And actually we found an interesting ministry that we didn't expect of ministering to the single moms while they're there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But for the young guys, we're, we're doing one-on-one -on -one discipleship, but we're also doing things like how to change a flat tire. Mm -hmm. we're, doing, uh, we're doing budgeting exercises. So, mm -hmm. so you're a school teacher, you're an NFL athlete, you work at a car wash, here's your salary, here's your salary, here's your salary. It reminded me of an old episode on TV where Theo had to, <laughs> had to learn how to budget his money. Okay. And we, we, we walked them through what, it lo what it's going to look like with how much money you make to have That's rent, good. to have a car, to go to school. Mm -hmm. And we just walk through regular things yeah. that dads would teach young men. Mm. And more than that, just to have guys in their life that they can count on, that they can send a text to, that they can call and... That's it's good. been powerful. That's powerful, yeah. That's good. Uh, the other one we do here at our church is the, is the medical clinic where we're spending about a million dollars to raise and build out a facility so we can do provide dentistry as well as med healthcare, medical, meeting the medical needs of people. Mm -hmm. And we thought that in the community of Louisville, again, that that was a great need. There was nowhere there that you can have free medical care. care and so we decided to, to provide that need for them. What else you got? Give me another one. Seven things that will drive the future church growth. Go ahead. Number two is going to be an effective and intentional family ministry. Yeah. Reaching out and making a difference to the entire family. Yeah. Not mm -hmm. just the adult who's sitting in the rows mm -hmm. listening yep. to preaching, but mm -hmm. how do we minister to the entire family? Pastor, Pastor Keith, I think this one's huge. I mm -hmm. think you mm -hmm. can now get anybody's sermon anywhere sure. all across the country. All you've got to do is go online. Absolutely. So the difference maker today, I think, is how do you come alongside parents and help them uh, facilitate the spiritual development of their kids. Yeah. And if we fail at that, then most parents would ask, well, then why do I need to come to church? Because I can listen online, but where does my kid get a vibrant, life-giving experience mm -hmm. so that they can bring all of their life on the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think the family ministry piece is so, is so important. What we started doing this year, we did it for the first time, is a family conference. Hmm. Um, we just took everybody away. We said we want married couples there, we want single parents, and we did classes for everybody. That's we awesome. had blended families. We had generational classes. We had grandparents in a room where we talked about the importance of legacy and, mm -hmm. and making sure your estate plan is in place. And we had stuff for the children and the great-grand. So, so there were families on this, at this conference of four generations, the great-grandparent, grandparent, parent, parent, mm -hmm. and, and the child. And I think that being in a context where everybody is connected. And so that's kind of hard in the ministry context because although maybe three generations, two or three generations ago, if you were six years old or you were 16 or you're 26 or 46, you all sat in the sanctuary on yep. a pew yep. and everybody listened to the same thing. Now you go to, you went to Sunday school, but everybody worshiped together. Now you go to your own experiences, yeah. whether you're junior high, elementary, et cetera, toddlers. 
what we tried to create was an event where everybody could be in the room together at times. That's good. Because there's so much disconnection yeah. generationally. Yeah. So you have to do, you have to have beach balls, you have to have yeah. entertainment. And I think, I think that was a huge thing for us. And then what I like what you guys do here is you don't just do an event, but you have the event funnels people into comprehensive Absolutely. context. Absolutely. Yes. I stole that too. Yeah. <laughs> you guys do. You don't, your event is almost like, it's a catalyst to connect people with context and yeah. environments where they can be trained and developed yeah. even yeah. more. So we look at important. it like a funnel. Yeah. So the, the event is not an activity by itself. Right. It is attached to where we're trying to lead people Absolutely. ultimately. No, they don't know it, but that is what we're trying to do. It's we're trying brilliant. to lead them somewhere. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, the event it's, can't and it's important. Yeah. It can't. Yeah. Yeah. Because what are you going, I get to wait till next year to get read that's exactly empowered. right yes but no no we have a class for you for six weeks for this that's exactly and right. we got an intensive for that's this right. and we got a small group for this yes i love it yeah. i love it yeah, yeah. but in you got to put that kind of system in place to pull it and off. i think people getting that being able to go somewhere if you can tell them where to go to mm -hmm. get that mm -hmm. that would be helpful if y'all want to I, I would ask for that like yeah. how do you provide that framework to church leaders how you have it all parsed out like that, yeah. I think would be invaluable. If there's a website you can yeah. tell people yeah, yeah. to go to. Well, what we'll do is we'll put this on the, on the show notes so that they can just see our funnel for a marriage center that how we drive people from the event, which people will spend, you know, some money to come to. But then how do you get them? If I'm on the brink of divorce, right. where, where do you go? If you just want to maintain health, where do you go? If you uh, are needing some enrichment now, where do you go? And so I think those are huge. Yeah. yeah. We can provide that for them as a link to Making this. Making a difference episode. in the whole family. Like I think about the kiddos in our families and what happens when the kids come home and tell their parents not just how much I love church, but here's what I learned. Yeah. Here's the gospel yeah. cheer that I heard, or here's yeah. this, here's, here's what we're doing at my church. And something special happens in a family when kids come home and they tell their parents what they learned no question. and how great of a time they had and it just engages the whole family. Yeah. Well, well, in addition to that, what I love is when the kids wake their parents up right. to yeah. come to church Absolutely. and say, you, you don't to have to, to come, but you got to drop me off because I can't miss church this Absolutely. week. And that's, that's, that's Absolutely. what you're going after. What else yeah. we got? That's number two. Number three <laughs> is be the best at what you do. My, my. I just think that's huge. I think people care mm -hmm. about authenticity, mm -hmm. Pastor Keith, and I think we must uh, seek to know what God's gift given us and gifted us to do, mm -hmm. and then from that be, <clears throat> excuse me, be the catalyst for driving that and representing God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things we do here at our church is leadership development, and we believe in the priesthood of the believer, and what we try to do better than anybody else is, how do we raise up volunteers, let them know what God's called them to do, their purpose, mm -hmm. and then releasing them into ministry, and yeah. just giving them the track for them to run on that. And then two, how do we just keep developing leaders, not only for the church, but in their own professions, yeah. so that they're becoming the best they can be at, mm -hmm. at work as well, no matter what the industry they're a part of. So how did you, how, was that something that evolved? Is that something that was always kind of in your, in your crawl, your niche, or is that something that you discovered as the church grew? What, how did you know? That's a great what question. Your, yeah. uh, so, for, so for me, I, I grew up, I went to four churches all my life, and uh, all the churches I went to except one were under-led. 
They were all on the lead. And mm-hmm. we had the greatest message in the world, but it was, it was we never released people into ministry. Yeah. And so it, it just, there was something God placed inside of me that was a burden that, that I shouldn't be the only one that gets to use my gifts and abilities mm-hmm. on Sunday morning when I'm teaching, preaching, or leading. I want everybody in the church to know what that gifting is and then to release them on, on, on the kingdom of darkness. And so that yeah. came out of my own history. That yeah. came out of my own theology growing up in the denomination, grew up in where p- preachers didn't get paid. And it was all about how, does, how do you make sure that, the, that everybody's a priest, everybody has gifts, mm-hmm. and we release them. And so I think that came out of my, my own history and God just saying, I want you to be the representative of that part of my church. And so that's why yeah. we do what we do now. I think, I think even beyond that being what you do, what you're best at, it's biblical. Yes. And for me, I had to repent because I was always under the impression, and I grew up in very staff-led churches, mm, mm. Which, which, is, which was cute, right. but not <laughs> biblical. Yeah. Because Ephesians 4 clearly says that, that the, what we consider staff, professional ministries like pastors, teachers, mm-hmm. evangelists, mm-hmm. prophets, apostles, mm-hmm. are supposed to equip people to do the work of ministry. That's, right. no, that's good. And I, was, and I always felt like because I was on staff, I was supposed to do everything. Yeah. Like we wouldn't ask any of the people who came to church to do anything. It was like our job to go visit the <laughs> sick right. and, and do all the counseling and do all yeah. the teaching. And, and I mean that, but there are people who long to serve God oh, in that way, yes. who work for IBM, who yes. work for Xerox, who work for mobile, and, but they want to give their quality time to serving yeah. God, and we have to equip them and empower them. That's it. Like, That's it. like you're, you're not just, you're not just the training, but we want to give you a towel too, That's and right. a tool, and a That's title right. if right. necessary. Absolutely. All of that, Absolutely. so that you, you're endorsed. Yeah. We endorse you yeah. to do it. Yeah. And I, I, I can honestly admit, we haven't done that well mm. as Zion. We've been heavily staffed. Yeah. We got 70 employees. So that was the thing. We had a need where we got to hire somebody. Yeah. And that was, that was so backwards. And one time yeah. I came here to Texas, and yeah. I was seeing churches, man, with, with very little staff, yeah. thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. And y'all doing it through volunteers, yeah. and I'm, yeah. that's that's to me that's got to be in, that's got to be a priority. Embedded, yeah, uh, but I think also that you know when people go to work, they're trying to be successful. Mm-hmm. I think when you when you when you help them understand their purpose and how they can make a difference, that's significance. And I am convinced that everybody want to mm-hmm. be significant. Yeah. Everybody want to no make question. a difference in the lives of somebody else. No and God has endowed them with a gift that we just have not um, figured out a way to find the gift that's in them and, uh, and then release them to go pull it off for the yeah. glory of God. And I think it's huge. I think it's a game changer for churches when we really say to the body, mm-hmm. I want you to use your gift as a priest for the glory of God. And give me one quick way you do it. Uh, as far as helping them identify gifts, do you have some kind of yeah? So we have what we call we got give? what we call a growth track, okay. where you walk through the whole process: how to become a member, then how to discover your gifts, then how to discover your personal leadership, then how to go make a difference. And yeah. in there, we talk through uh, how to know what God's uniquely called you to do, yeah. uh, what your what your shape is like that Rick yeah. Warren uses, mm-hmm. uh, and so we do that so that at the end of the day, when you're finished you know what brings you the greatest joy, and then you can go apply that in the plethora of ministers that we have here, right. or even outside of the church. Right. You know right. what I mean? I think one of the big things that you do to lead our church well is anytime we gather with leaders, volunteers, there's always an aspect of a meeting 
that invests in people leadership-wise that they can use outside of the church. Absolutely. Everything mm-hmm. in that meeting or session is, yeah. is not geared just to what we're doing here. It's right. something that's going to help people. I mean, that's a passion of yours. Absolutely. And I think it, it is. totally invests in people. Mm-hmm. All right. What, people, yeah. who wouldn't want to come to an environment where I'm empowered? That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> that's, in, that's important. Yeah. I'm empowered. Yep. That's important. Right. It really is. Because that's not necessarily the context. Mm-hmm. People come to church to be to watch somebody who's powerful do their thing. thing. Yes. But no, you're actually empowering them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I say it a different way. I say to our leaders, I say, I want when you go to work and you're teaching somebody the stuff you, you, you learn here, I want your people at work to say, where you learn this stuff from? What, mm-hmm. who, who's teaching you? Then I want you to invite them to church, mm-hmm. knowing that I learned all that you don't want to know, but I learned that church. Mm-hmm. And the greatest compliment one of our leaders, whether it's an executive or whether it's a teacher or whether it's a janitor, it don't matter who it is, that can tell me the greatest compliment is that I taught somebody what you taught us. And they asked me, where did I learn that? Mm-hmm. And they Good. say, I learned it at church. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I think we have a volunteer institution that we have to lead. And, and it's harder than, than when you get paid in a business environment. So I think we've got to be better leaders than, than the corporate environments to yeah. lead volunteers who do it without remuneration, at yeah. least earthly remuneration. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. All right, number four. We're talking through seven things diverse, diverse churches need to do for future growth. Number four is understand the relationship between preaching and leading. Well, we've kind of been talking about that's that already. The key. Well, you got to address this one because, because the guys that went before us, they were some preachers, boy. Yes, sir. They can yes, preach, sir. man. They can yeah, preach. Yeah. They yeah. can preach. No question. I mean, <laughs> Talk we, to us about that. We, you know, we grew up on great preaching. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think there's a generation of preachers that will never be duplicated. Yeah. There'll never be another Sandy Ray. There'll never, never. be another Gardner Taylor. There'll never. never be another E.V. Hill. Never. There'll never be another Tony Evans. Never. Bishop Jakes. Bishop, never. We're just trying. We're just practicing, <laughs> man. We're just practicing. We tend we 20% of what those guys were, man. So, so with that, you know, I don't know. The kind of greatness is not in every generation, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. So we've got to look at other ways of being effective. And since that is the case, we have to adjust the way we look at the preaching, mm-hmm. the, the importance of preaching, right? Mm-hmm. We know God chose the pre- foolishness of preaching to save those who believe, yeah. but, but, but I think there is a style of preaching that many young preachers have tried to mimic that's no longer what people are looking for. Yeah. People are looking for can you talk to me about something that's going to help me with what I'm wrestling with right. in my life? Right. Is this going to be helpful to me? Um, because an inspiring sermon or an impressive sermonic presentation is not what they're looking for. Right. They're looking for tools mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. information that can help me wrestle with the things that I'm confused about. Right now. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And here's, here's the blessing of that. We don't have to be great preachers to do that. <laughs> we just have to be helpful. That's it. Mm. A helpful message. Yes. Back in the day, you had, you know, we heard powerful messages. Yes. I mean, messages had you crying. That's right. Had you standing up. <laughs> I mean, how you, you, there's not a preacher I just named that we, you, you didn't stand up while they were preaching. Absolutely. Now, now the thing is, is not about standing up. The thing is, I just typed something in my phone that's going to change my life. That's it. Mm-hmm. I didn't stand up. I didn't even say amen. Yeah. I didn't say wow, come yeah. on, none of that. I just, thank you. 
Like yeah. you gave me the tip and the tool that I needed yeah. to walk with. That's the transformation Absolutely. that I think is going to be critical that guys come out of. Because my fear is, is for the young preachers who are still trying to sound like, act like, have the mannerisms like mm-hmm. the guys who were, the, who were perfect for their season. Correct, correct, correct. That's not going to work Yeah. Now. It's, it's I, and I also think that generations have changed. So while you're in the modern era and information was vital and how you presented information was vital, I think when you come into our generation where authenticity matters most, yes, yes. You, then you cannot be trying to become somebody else. Right. You can only be the best you. Right. So you need to be you and present the truth that meets people's needs. And I think that's, I think that's just huge. In addition mm-hmm. to that, I also think that um, today you have to be moving the church in a direction. Right. And I think that's leadership. And to mm-hmm. do that, you have to be clear on your vision and clear on your systems that will accomplish that vision. Yeah. And I think people need to know. I should be able to ask everybody in your church, hey man, w- what are we doing here? What, yeah. what are we trying to get done? What's the right. vision here? Yeah. And everybody should be on the same page. Absolutely. And then, well, how do we get this done? What's the, what's the systems and the structures mm-hmm. that are in place to accomplish what we say is important to us? Absolutely. And I think that the better you are at moving a body of believers in a particular direction, then the more we feel like a community heading in the right direction. As opposed to coming to be entertained by a communicator who, like you said over and over again, I don't have to come to your church to hear great preaching. That's exactly right. right. I don't have to leave my house I sure to don't. hear great preaching. Yeah. All I need is a phone. <laughs> I don't even need a laptop. I just got a phone. Just a phone. I can pull up. Any time of the day. I can go back in history. I can go in a vault. <laughs> That's crazy. And pull in archives. That's so, crazy. Yeah. So what... Think about the leader out there trying to be great at something that's no longer important. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's not that, don't get us wrong. We, 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 reverence, the, we reverence our responsibility to be right. clear communicators absolutely. of Scripture, right? Absolutely. We're not saying toss your homiletics and hermeneutics out the window. Not, yeah. But it is it, to try to be a great preacher without leading a great comprehensive systemic organization yeah. is not going to grow the church. Absolutely. If we're talking about church growth, right. that's not going to work. Yeah. I, I know some of the greatest preachers I can think of in, right now. Mm-hmm. There's a preacher that comes to my mind who I said, he's such a great preacher that when, in, I remember in 1987, I remember it like it's yesterday because my wife and I were dating uh-huh. and we both went to hear him preach. She said to me, and I was just starting preaching, she says, maybe one day you'll be that good. And it offended me because he was my girlfriend. (laughs) And he was the guy I was chasing all these years. My, my. Can still preach circles around me. Wow. But the church never grew. There's Mm -hmm. no system. That's right. Uh, It's just, we're we're all waiting for the night. And and these guys preach 90 minutes. They do. Well, first of all, you can't have a church growing with a 90 minute service. Not in this generation. No. The service can't be 90. (laughs) The whole thing. <laughs> so we waited an hour and a half right. for the 90-minute sermon. Wow. That's just not going to work. There's a, yeah. there's a small culture of people who still enjoy, enjoy and want that. that. Yeah. But they can't bring their kids to it. Yeah. Their kids aren't going to want to come. Yeah. And I'm saying great preaching without great systems yeah. is a recipe for mediocrity, for stagnation, yeah. and decline. Yeah. Really that's how bad it is. Really, I would agree. So we're trying um, to be great at something that, that's not important. That's not as important as it used to be. 
Correct. So we've got a lead. We're going to move through these last three that we have. Number five of our list that we're going through. Number yep. five is, um, th- this one is not, this one's not out there and in the limelight, but a ministry that helps people unlock addictive behaviors. Mm. Yeah. Woo. No, that's a big one. I think this is the, the millennials that are growing up are, are the addictive generation. Uh, we're addicted to our phones. We're addicted to food. We're addicted to pornography. We're addicted to so many things, prescription uh, medication. Mm-hmm. And so I think a church that does not provide a pathway to, to, get, to get help in your addictive behaviors is a stagnated church. I just mm-hmm. think it is. You have to realize the reality. It cannot be a taboo issue. Mm-hmm. You've got right. the, yeah. the, 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 as pastors, we struggle and we Absolutely. get addictive. I, yeah. I know one of the things I'm addictive to is food. Right now, I, at 10 o'clock every night, I'm still eating ice cream. Yeah. So we've got to figure out a way to help the, the, this addictive generation get help. If, yeah. you're, if you don't have some form of... Um, restoration process or program in your church, I think, I think you are a declining church. I do. Yeah, I do. You got to do Keith, it. What do you think? I agree a hundred percent. And I think what you said, it can't be taboo. Yeah. So it can't be the ministry that's down the hall around right. the corner Correct. and is a little, <laughs> it's behind a curtain and you go in there and you sign up like that. No, it's got to be from the platform. Hey, yeah. I, you know, here's my thing. My that's thing right. is food. My that's thing right. is gambling or that's my right. thing is television or yeah. my thing is social media, yeah. whatever it is. It's too much. Mm-hmm. It's taking too much of my time. It's costing me. I can't stop. Yeah. I'm, I'm over the top with it. And, and we create a culture where it's okay to talk about it. And there's an authenticity from the leader to say, Absolutely. I got my own. That's it. Here's right. mine. Because everybody's got, got yours. Theirs. Everybody's yes. got theirs. Yes. And that we actually <clears throat> celebrate. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, it's, not, it's no longer a matter of do you have an addiction? What's going to be your group? That's right. 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 Which that's right. one do that's you right. have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, because I think that's it. Now, I think there are churches that have it, but it's downstairs in the basement on the third mm-hmm. floor. And, it's and in you the feel cabin. like you have to out yourself if you go to it. I don't exactly. want to sign up for that because exactly. I, I got to out that I got that problem yeah. instead of creating a culture where. Which group are you in? Right. Yeah. Well, we all got. We all in a group. Got, we got 14 recovery groups. <laughs> If we left you out, let us know. You're right. We'll create one for you. That's it. That's it. That's good. That's good. That's good. What else? All right. Number six is creating a a clear pathway for spiritual formation and spiritual growth. It amazes me, Pastor Keith, how few churches have a clear pathway. Here's how you move from infancy to maturity. Or, or, or what's your next step spiritually? Yeah. Everybody in the congregation has a next step spiritually, yep. yet still we seldom create a clear pathway that says, here's your next step. And right. so what ultimately happens is the, the, more, the older you get chronologically, the more mature you're supposed to be. Yeah. But oftentimes they're not. No. And it's no. oftentimes because we think the more you go to church, the more mature you are. Right. And I dare to, to differ for that. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean... Think about it. Again, if we don't change our, it goes back to the preaching versus leadership piece. Mm-hmm. If my only desire is to fill the seats, mm. to put cheeks in the seats yeah. so that people can hear me preach, yeah. well, we know that's not the end of spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. The people have got to get environments yeah. where they can be challenged and grow, where they can get more inf- comprehensive information. How's a 35, 40-minute sermon going to create spiritual growth? It can be a catalyst. Right. It can be a life-changing moment. Yeah. It can be an eye-opener. But 
the, the system has got to be organized in such a way that here's where you go for this, and here's where you go to get this, and here's where you go. That's why, it's like you said, it's what's happening Monday through Saturday. Right. The church has got to be an environment where people are learning and they're being exposed and they're being yeah. developed and discipled. Yeah. And, and I think, I think for too often we're still talking about how can I, how can I pull it? How can right. I, and if we're talking about diverse church or the black church, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a guy sitting right now working on his illustrations, working on his clothes. <laughs> and, he's, and I'm just saying, and again, guys, we love preaching. Absolutely. Man, I love it's some good preaching. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. It's, it's like a good movie. Yes. But will it grow your church? No. I, that's it won't. Mm-hmm. It won't. That's not what's growing mine. That's not what's growing mine. That's a bonus. Yes. If you're a great communicator, that's, that's a, bonus. a bonus. But look at some of the greatest churches. In the, if you, you started, if I just said Conway, Matt, tell me some of the greatest churches here. You know you're going to start naming churches where the preaching is maybe solid. Yes. But, but it ain't great. spectacular. It's not. But the system. Yes. The system. Yeah. It's the system. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 If we don't have a, a system that's clear, then people can't connect with it right. because of the ambiguity. Correct. I don't know where to go. I don't know what's next. Well, one of the things we've been focused on uh, this year, and we'll go into it in the fall again, is what do you do with the 167? Uh, you have 168 hours. What do you do with the 167? Mm-hmm. And the ch- churches that can effectively <clears throat> minister in the 167 mm-hmm. are the churches, I think, that will be healthy for the long term. Good. Because we have to figure out, hey man, Sunday after church till right. Sunday morning when you get up. Well, mm-hmm. How is the church being, being helpful to mm-hmm. the family yeah. that needs yeah. to bring all of life on the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Have you ever been to Whole Foods? Love store? it. Okay, so Probably the store, too right? much. Here's, here's, here's what I love. I love the store, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I don't like? When it's time to put stuff in the trash. It's too complicated. They got a trash can that's like, put this in this trash can and You're only right. put this in this trash can. You're and right. put this in this trash can. Yes. And I stand there every time I go all the time. I don't know what to do. But so I look at the them. picture. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what I'm saying is, when people are confused about what's next yeah. and where do I go, what mm-hmm. do I do, mm-hmm. then they get stuck. Yeah. So you know what I do? I just put Nothing. everything in there. Well, I'll take it outside and dump it in one of those generic like simplicity. <laughs> and I think sometimes we know what we know, mm-hmm. but the, to the person who's new, who's just off, heathen, yes. straight out of the world, yep. maybe, maybe out of a cult, maybe out of atheism, like we got to make the track simple. Don't have a uh, Whole Foods Market trash can system. It, and I don't know about you guys. Maybe y'all are cool with it. But I'm not, if I put the fork here, and what about the cardboard? And, and, it's and just here's much, what I man. ask. Is anybody watching me if hey, I mess up? Yes, if I mess yes. up? If I put this yes. in the wrong one? Anybody yes. watching me Is it going to be a penalty of yes. fine? <laughs> hey, sir, sir, sir. Yeah. We, see, I think we got to make it simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep That's it good. simple, man. That's like, excellent. Here's where you go if you need this. Like maybe this is green, this is the blue track, this is the red track, yellow. <laughs> Something simple. That's good. Com- I love it. Because I think the, comprehens- the comp- comprehension comes from people, the comprehension comes from people who are too comfortable with it. Hmm. It needs to be simple enough for the person who's uncomfortable yeah. to walk through it. Or somebody needs to be there at the trash can. To facilitate. Can. Hey, you you confused? Mm-hmm. This is it gets me too. This is what I do. That's I put good. my food right here. This That's is exactly good. how you do it. That's so good. people presence at those stands so that it's not just a kiosk. That's right. That's anyway. perfect. Love it. Wow. That's big. All right, number seven. 
is having a digital online presence that meets real needs <laughs> of people in your church. Think Netflix. Yeah. Pastor Keith, I don't know. Very few churches I know do this better than you, so I need you to speak into this one. It's yeah. the front door of your church. Yeah, my, it's the biggest part of our church. It came in 2006. I thought the guy was tripping. Elwood Matthews was sitting in a staff meeting. He says, we need to go online. So he's a, he's a creative guy, and I was like, okay, just do whatever you're going to do, man. <laughs> now, we had, a, we had a service one time, and we get snow where I am, uh-huh. where I can honestly tell you there was a snowfall in the D.C. area in 2016, I was the only church open because of our online thing. Wow. Because what we did was we anticipated the snow and we did a service that week. We filmed it. We brought the praise team in, the band. We did the whole service. And that Sunday, there was no church. I mean, it was 40 inches of snow. No church was open but our church. And so even the mega churches, when mega church pastor there, Pastor Jenkins told all of his people, he made an announcement, watch Zion Church online. We were the only church open. Wow. We had... We had, we had one service, we had 18,000 people, 18,000 devices were tuned in to one of the services that wow. day. I can tell this because the pastor took in a lot of money that day when wow. churches took in no money, were closed. Wow. It was, so it is a big thing, it's a big deal. Big time. But how do you make it comprehensive? Because right. the question is not just to have a door, right. but how do we make it effective? Mm-hmm. That's very important. Mm-hmm. First of all, we understand that people like convenience. Mm-hmm. They can get something that's convenient, that's very important to them. But we staff our online church. So there's staff there. They have a small group director. They have small group community. They're like uh, um, in every city that there's a presence, right. there's, there's a, a group there that may meet. They, they may have a watch party or they have, they have, and they have connection during yeah. the week. So you have to connect them because that's technology good. disconnects. That's good. Um, we've even hooked people up with churches in those areas that get baptized. That's good. We want you to, you know, publicly express your faith because yeah. it's not really about us. Yeah, it's just yeah. like we're the, we're the church that they feel most connected to. And you've had this experience, I'm sure. People have to move because of their jobs. All the time. Pastor, we're going to Detroit. Oh, yep. And you know what they're going to ask you next. Where's the next church? And it's not just the next church. Where is there a church like one? Yes, mm-hmm. that's exactly what they said. And you can tell them five churches, yeah. but you can't tell them where's one like one. Yeah. What if there's a way we can keep them engaged? It's not we're trying to hold on to people, right. but okay, well, here's what we can do. We know of 10 other people there who also came from here, who also connected. Right. There's a gathering there. And so systemically it works just like a small group. That's awesome. But they're, they're, they're watching, just like a campus. It's, it's, it's just smaller, yeah. right? Yeah. And you only resource it when it's, when it's so big that it needs, you know, we got to get children's shirts, we got to right. get space, we got to right. get AV. But if people are just watching in somebody's living room, we call them watch parties. Absolutely. And That's so good. That's good. I, think, I think the diverse church or the emerging church has got to get comfortable ministering to people they cannot see. That's good. That's a, we've got to do that. I think we love to see them, but we've got to get more and more comfortable talking to a lens because yeah. the majority of the people that are going to be, we're going to be shepherding yeah. are people we can't see. And they're going to be people, be people on the ground where they mm-hmm. are who are an extension of that empowerment mm-hmm. you said, who are shepherding them. But they, they so, feel so connected yeah. to the ministry. Yeah. Man, that's my, people from, people from all over the world say, that's my pastor. Wow. That's my pastor. That's and they've never met you. Seen you ever. Wow. Never, that's good. Never been up close to you. And it happens yeah. all the time whenever I travel like that's this. Good. And that's because of the online ministry. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, 
is, is very important. I can't, and I know why pastors don't stream a lot. I, I understand that. I know the risk of streaming could, you know, it could hurt attendance. Mm-hmm, I get mm-hmm. that. But to not stream, the audience that is awaiting that, ac- that access yeah. is, 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 so, is so much expen- exponentially more people out there. Absolutely. And you stream every one of your services. Every one of them. And so it's even crazy. when you go to Saturday night, you're going to stream Saturday night. Here's, here's what I'm, then I'm stealing this from you. I'm not going to stream Saturday night for a couple of reasons. One is, that's the one message that I don't know if I'm ready to do it, man. <laughs> that's right. It's not man, gotten my, out of your system Saturday yet. My message is so bad here. I'm, I owe you an apology. Yeah, right? yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. You know, man, we, you get to think through it and sleep on it. Yes. It's so much different better deal, than that. Different deal. So I don't want, you know, and I know we just said that's hypocritical because we said <laughs> it's not about the preaching, but it, preaching still is important. Absolutely. So that's the one that I'm considering yeah. not, but from, from like, I don't even have control over it. It's its own campus. Whenever they capture something, they're rolling it. Are they really? They are rolling it, Doc. Oh, wow. They start at 8 o'clock. They're doing them through the night. They, on our online service, they do like 10 on Sundays. So they're, because they're trying to meet time zones in different parts of the That's world. Right. So it's tough on me, though. I don't So want hold on, Doc. So you start, so uh, when the first 6 a.m. 6 a.m. At 6 a.m. Yep. He's showing a, a week, a message from last week at 6 a.m. Eastern. And he, he's going up to 9 p.m. Eastern. Every yeah. hour? Every two hours. Wow. That's incredible. And there are people watching every hour. That's incredible. All over uh, the world. That's incredible. That's good. No, yeah. We're stealing that, man. Pastor Matt, yeah, we're stealing we, that we, for, we, sure, we, for sure. For yeah. sure. For sure. All right, cool. No, this is awesome. And so, there are very few people are watching right there. Like, yes. If somebody's in Plano. Yeah. They, they're wa- they, if they're watching because something happened, one of the kids are sick and they, right. it's a convenience. Right. But for the most part, it's just people. People, check somebody said, check this out. Yeah. I just love it. Cool. Yeah. So you'll be able to check out these seven things we've talked about um, in the show notes on the, on the blog, and you really want to figure out which one of these, which couple of these are you going to hone in as a church. And we talked about um, at the beginning risk and experimentation, <laughs> and not as a church becoming blockbuster, not becoming a way of the past, but trying to think forward to Netflix. So I wanted to ask you guys, what, what is something new something creative that you're back in the lab working on that you just want to give a glimpse. It's not out there yet, but just something you're excited about forward thinking for your church in the future. Man, I love this one. Uh, one of the things, one of the needs I have a real passion for is, um, is, is getting people connected, getting people married, figuring out healthy ways for people to, to, to meet each other. I think we have a marriage problem because we have a dating problem, so I'm trying to figure out how to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I want to do, and we've, we've processed, is how to, how to enter the online dating space, Pastor mm-hmm. Keith, mm-hmm. Where, where what's a healthy way to do it. So one of the things we try to do and we're processing is, what if you have uh, an online site where the guy has to be discipled by a pastor, uh, and the pastor has to put his hand of blessing on him. And then what if the, the ladies that are interested have to have a spiritual father mm-hmm. that uh, the guy has to talk to before they can talk to the girl? They see the girl, see that they're at least physically attractive. Mm-hmm. Then they want to find out a little bit more, but they can't get talked to her yet. They got to talk to the, yeah. to the, to the spiritual father yes. to make sure the pedigree from which he's coming from so that you, you, you eliminate some of the drama Absolutely. early Absolutely. and you get some credibility 
accountability to the people that are being engaged. I, love it. I just want to figure out a way to really help ladies not... Not, not have to go through all the drama yeah. that they have to go through to, 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 to get to somebody that might be relatively healthy for them. And it, and, it, it, and it makes a guy accountable to not play game. Absolutely. So it's cutting the game out of his life too. Because yeah. if yeah. you want her, you have to go through a comprehensive system. That's, that's scriptural. It really is. The first wife was presented to her husband by the father. That's right. Right. If Adam was approved by God, That's he wasn't right. perfect. That's right. But God says he's ready. Yeah. I present you to him. Love it. Love he it. walked her down the mm-hmm. aisle. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things we have to say is who gives this woman? That's right. We don't say who gave the man. Who gives this woman? <laughs> who's, who's approving this? Correct. Yeah. Correct. My, my, my thing is something that I've thought about for some time called drive-through church. Mm-hmm. Because I think speed matters to people, but need felt need matters to people. Mm-hmm. So I have like this idea where you can just... Like at a rest stop, you can pull up on a church and it's just like you pull up and you and there's a menu of topics mm. like anger and depression or or wealth or financial management or relationships or overcoming adversity, whatever mm. the topic. Yeah. It may be nine topics. And basically you push the button and then you can sit there in your car and you watch a little screen and it's, it's maybe it's nine minutes of the essentials yeah. of that message. And for more information, there's information on the website, and you can make a donation. Like, yeah. you just put your card in and say, that really helped me. I'll give towards this. But I just think that's a cool way of people who travel, truck drivers, yeah. families who travel. Like, it may be a family message. They're in the minivan, and they're watching it. Maybe, maybe there's food attached to it. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't have the money for it. But <laughs> I think it's a cool that's idea. a great idea. I, Absolutely. I a cool idea. Absolutely. We, because, because I think speed matters. Like, yeah. not not just chaos mm-hmm. but if i can get something good fast because yeah. you ever see people send you a video or something say check this out I've, and you open it up and the first thing you look at is not the video but how long it is yes if that sucker's 28 minutes you're like nah, I'm i don't, not, don't have time for that but if it says it's a minute and 16 seconds let's uh, go yeah like yeah, yeah. I, I think that matters yeah. to people if we could do that i really way. like that my inspiration centers yeah. Some place you can just go in. Maybe you, you link up with this might be difficult with a Starbucks or something. So mm-hmm. I go in there, get a cup of coffee, watch something, and walk back out. Yeah. In, who doesn't want to be inspired? Some I, gas stations actually have I've video screens it. where they That's do like right. sports right. Uh, yeah, right. clips and stuff, yeah. and they're up to date. Yeah, they're up to the minute. Yeah. Um, yeah. You That's can, a great you idea. You actually can get on there. There's there's a way that they you cost. Yeah. But you can get your church clips. On there. Put on there, but it's, it's you know, you got to invest in it, but it's a cool way. Mm-hmm. It really know? is. I just think it's cool. And I, just, I think the concept of inspiration centers, where somebody mm-hmm. can go and be inspired. Maybe I'm down. Maybe I'm feeling depressed. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm, I just go there, get inspired for, I think that's awesome. Couple of Great idea. Wow. Great idea. Cool. Gentlemen, thank you. Pastor Keith, it's been uh, an honor to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for well, having me. Well, first of all, Pastor, how, how can we get a hold of you? Where can we go to right. find out more about Zion Church? How, how do yeah. we do that? ZionChurchOnline.com. Um, best way of getting to me is on social media. I'm yeah. on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, at Keith Battle. Keith Battle. Um, I'm pretty active on there. And, um, yeah, that's it, man. That's awesome, yeah. man. What an honor. Thanks for being here. My pleasure, Appreciate man. it, Thanks. Thank you Thanks. so much. Again, we're talking about the future church and making an impact in the church tomorrow and how we can look around the corner to anticipate what's coming. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We'll see you next time.